you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 15, reading through verse 23. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 15, this is God's Word. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Jesus doesn't simply say that there will be false prophets. Jesus says, Be on your guard. Watch out. Watch out for false prophets. Why? Well, because they may look harmless. They may seem nice, pleasant, friendly. They may be very religious. They may hold religious office or some other position of authority. But inwardly, Jesus says they are ferocious wolves. Well, is there, I mean, aren't wolves nice? I saw a Disney cartoon where the wolf was really a nice creature. Okay, wolves are ferocious predators. And if you have a wolf living among the sheep, you're going to have some dead sheep. Just last evening, I saw online a Gary Larson cartoon from back when he was still doing The Far Side. You've got a, an iceberg, small, with a bunch of penguins on it, and you've got a conspicuously large polar bear 
that's sitting among the penguins with an artificial beak on his face. And one of the penguins is saying to the other, what happened to Charles? Something's going on here. Now what's that about? Obviously the polar bear is eating the penguins one at a time. And the penguins are not getting off of the ice because they think he's one of them. But little by little, he's decimating the population. But Jesus says there are people who try to pass themselves off as sheep. In other words, sheep are the people of God. And so they're trying to pretend they're one of us. How do all these organizations and denominations and institutions that started out committed to Jesus and training people to preach the gospel, how do they end up abandoning the faith? How how is it possible for Harvard University to be a school that was founded in order to train men to preach the gospel? And now, as I've previously told you on one occasion, the head chaplain at Harvard University is a professed atheist. What happened? Well, Harvard went off the rails so long ago that a group of concerned Christians in New England decided we need to start another school, and so they started Yale. Well, aren't there Christians at Yale? Yeah, there are Christians at Harvard. There are Christians all over the place. But the folks who run Harvard and the folks who run Yale and the folks who run Princeton, which was started because Yale got too liberal, the folks who started all those places started them because they wanted to be true to God's Word and they wanted people to know the love of God in Jesus Christ. They wanted people to know that Jesus is our only hope. And then something happened. How do they do it? Well, they come and they say, we do not believe as you believe. We do not believe the Bible. We do not trust in Jesus. But we would like to come in and teach in your school, pastor your church, etc. And the believers say, oh, well, that's okay. You don't have to believe the Bible, etc. No, that's not what happens. They come and they say, certainly we believe the Bible. There is no book like it in human history. Yes, we believe the Bible. Except this part and this part, but we're not going to talk about that right now, because that might upset some of you. Yes, we believe in Jesus. We certainly believe in Jesus. Jesus is my hope. But their hope isn't in Jesus. They want a job. Well, if you're going to teach here, you're going to have to sign this statement of faith. I... I think that's a magnificent statement of faith, yes. And they do this because if you don't love Jesus, it's easy to lie. If you don't love Jesus, you can say whatever you have to say in order to have a job. I learned just last week 
of a minister on staff in a church that is a solidly evangelical church in Atlanta, Georgia. But this minister let one of his parishioners know that he does not agree with the church about Bible doctrine, but he's afraid to tell the fact that he doesn't believe it because he'd lose his job. Why wouldn't you quit? Because I need the job. But you don't believe what you're saying. Yeah, but, but I have to do that in order to keep my job. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Jesus said, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. Lots and lots of people who make their living, who make their living by religion, but who don't know the Lord. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. It's a very easy address, just wvr.org. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. It may be a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. Often, it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent who's struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs in order to provide for their support. Sometimes it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. But these children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in a difficult circumstance. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. Please visit wvr.org in order to learn more. And in order to help. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and is holding out his So, Jesus says, watch out for them. Well, if they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, how can I tell which one's the wolf? Well, Jesus now changes metaphors you'll recognize them by their fruit. He compares them first to a wolf. Now he compares them to a plant, okay? And he says, how do you tell if that's a good fruit tree or not? Well, if it's a good fruit tree, it's gonna produce good fruit. If it produces bad fruit, it's not a good fruit tree. How do I know if the fruit's good or not? Well, you kind of have to get up close. But Jesus says, by their fruit you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Obvious answer is no, that's a rhetorical question. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. If it's a good tree, it'll produce good fruit. Period. Jesus said so. If it's a bad tree, it will produce bad fruit. 
Jesus said so. So like if, if they preach stuff that's true and they're able to do amazing, impressive signs like even casting out demons or, um, well, let's see here, uh, performing miracles, that's the good fruit, right? Jesus says, no, that's not the good fruit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the gifts. And there are people who display gifts that are not phony gifts, they're real gifts. But that's not an indication of the life in the tree. Argentinian pastor and author Juan Carlos Ortiz, back in the 1970s, wrote a wonderful book called Disciple. It's been out of print for years. It's still available online, like almost everything. Ortiz said, in my country, Argentina, we still put Christmas gifts on the tree. If I come down on Christmas morning and there is a watch hanging on the tree and I say to my wife, wow, what a fabulous tree. Look, it produced this watch. She'll say, don't be silly, Juan. The tree didn't produce the watch. The watch is a gift. It's not there as an indication of the life in the tree. It is there as an indication of my love for you. The gifts of the Spirit are given by God for the good of the body. But they do not show you the life in the tree. Because they can be hung on a tree that is cut off. Still looks alive, but it's not. And so I learned my lesson, one said. Later that year, I out in the back porch and I look across the yard and I see the apple tree covered with apples and I call to my wife and I say, oh darling, thank you so much. And she says, you're welcome, what for? Well, it must have taken you hours to put all those apples on that tree. Juan, don't be ridiculous. I didn't put the apples on the tree. It's an apple tree. That's fruit, Juan. You understand? The fruit of the Spirit is the manifestation of the life. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, Faith, those are the manifestations of God's life in an individual. So if I preach the truth, but my life is characterized by impatience and anger, and I'm not showing good fruit. If I say I love God, but I don't love others, I'm a liar. I may have fooled myself, Jesus says there will be a whole bunch of folks who will be utterly shocked to find out that they are not welcomed by the Lord. 
that in fact he says to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. What are we supposed to do? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's the destiny of those who do not know him. Thus by their fruit you'll recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You mean that's not just the fate of a few, Jesus? Jesus says, no, many will say to me in that day. Many religious people. They may have been profoundly respected on earth. They may have been lifted up as examples. But where was their trust? Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? It's not the testimony of somebody who's trusting in Jesus. My wife wanted me to talk to her grandfather before he died. He had a heart condition and was not expected to live a long time, and she wanted to be sure that he really knew the Lord. And so I asked him to let me ride along with him when he was going somewhere in the car. And just the two of us riding in his car, I asked him, after we'd talked about a few other things, he was open about the fact that he knew he didn't have a lot of time. I said, do you, do you feel prepared for when you die? And he said, well, my, my concern is my wife. I've always handled the finances, and I'm just not sure she's going to be able to handle that. And I said, well, you know, we need to be sure that your kids are ready to step up and help her with that. And he said, you're right. He said, that's just my concern. And I said, well, let me ask you about something else. And using the evangelism explosion question, just asked him, if God were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? He said, well, my only hope is Jesus. That's called a home run. That's the perfect answer. See, he didn't say what most people say when I ask them that question. Well, I've tried to live a good life. I know I'm not perfect, and I've made mistakes, but I try to do this, and I try to do that, and I try to do this, and I don't do that. Here's my resume. Jesus, how did I do? Did I pass? The answer is no. If you're trying to get into heaven on the basis of what you've done, you're not going to heaven at this point. But he said, my only hope is Jesus. That is the evidence of a person who is truly trusting the Lord. No other hope. It's not, well, I've, I've asked Jesus to save me, and I've gone to church, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. No. Where's your trust? Where's your trust? Is it in what you've done? I prayed a prayer. I got baptized. I, uh, I, I joined the church. I've taught Sunday school. I've been a deacon. I've been a pastor. I went to seminary. Woohoo! I became a foreign missionary. 
Did you know that you can become a foreign missionary and preach the gospel and still not be trusting in Christ? Because you're telling everybody else that they need to trust in Christ, but I'm just hoping I've done enough. You can start a college like Harvard. You can be concerned that Harvard's gone too liberal and start one like Yale. Where's your trust? Where's your trust? If you're trying to earn it, guess what? You're not going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Because the Spirit isn't living in you. And you're going to be filled with anxiety and wondering, have I done enough? Have I done enough? Well, no, you haven't. And you can't. You need a Savior. Cry out to Jesus. But you know, when you trust Jesus, there's peace. It passes understanding. There's joy, inexpressible and full of glory. And you're able to love others because you know that you are dearly loved by a God who is perfect. He calls you by name. You see, the kingdom of God is not about geography. It's about relationship. Is Jesus your king? Is he the Lord of your life? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or are you seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, and hopefully God's going to help me with this? The fruit that comes from a Christian is coming from God. It's God's character manifest in us as we are changed from the inside out. Last time that I shared with you, I referenced a song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'll follow him. There was another song we sang when I was a kid. Things are different now. Something happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. Things are different now. I was changed, it must be, when I gave my life to him. Things I loved before have passed away. Things I love far more have come to stay. Things are different now. I was changed, it must be, when I gave my life to him. Can you sing that song truthfully? Is that message a description of your life? I'm not asking, are you totally sanctified and absolutely perfect, haven't sinned since 1979? That's not my question. My question is, do you know him? Where's your trust? Is it in yourself or is it in him? And are you experiencing what he promised? And that is more and more and more we manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Who's your king? Who's your master? Who's the boss? Who's in charge of your life? Are you ready to surrender and say, Lord, whatever you want. I'm not here to fulfill my plans. I'm here to do your will. That's what Jesus said. And that's what he'll say in you and through you if you're his. Be on guard, Jesus says, against people who aren't. 
Not that you hate them, but that you don't let them drag you away from the truth, make you think that it's all about you, that you need to really be looking out for yourself, bud. Don't let people push you around. You need to go for what you want. A little me time, that's what you need. They wear sheepskin, but what's on the inside? Are they sheep or are they wolves? Jesus says you'll be able to tell by the fruit. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.